Kenny the Sports Guy podcast. Hello and welcome back to Kenny the Sports Guy's podcast. I'm your host, Kenny Severo, and today is another edition of Bench Talk. Joining the show today is Ian White, a man who is on a mission. Mr. Hold on White, one second. Kenny, it's Ian Hill. Oh, Ian Hill. I'm so sorry. Ian Hill. That's okay. Ian Hill is currently trained to become the oldest man to play in the NCAA Division I college football team. He is doing it for an amazing cause and is spreading awareness towards men's social health. Did you know that 70% of middle-aged men is more likely to commit suicide? That is something that is very alarming and needs to be addressed more. Mental health is very, very important. Please welcome to the show, Ian Hill. Thank you for being on the show today. Hi, Kenny. How are you, buddy? I'm doing good. I'm doing good. Uh, Just hanging in there. What about yourself? I'm good, man. How about those New York Rangers? I know they made they made it towards the uh, Easter Conference Finals and they lost last game, but, but they're I guess, up two uh, to one, man. I think that, I think they got a chance. I think it's New York's best chance to make it to a championship in a couple of years. Yeah, I mean, uh, we haven't won since 1994. It's been a long, long time. <laughs> yeah, I, well, I, so. I think they got a chance. But thank you for letting me be on the show today. No problem. So my first question for you I have is, how did this mission came about? What made you pursue all this? Well, um, it's like many people, a very personal journey. I experienced a severe depression. Um, I had was a business owner. I owned businesses in Canada and the United States, and things were going well. I had a charity that partnered with Kool-Aid and Kraft Foods and working to build playgrounds to honor fallen soldiers. And we donated 168 playgrounds across North America. Um, And everything seemingly was going great. And on my 50th birthday, I told my family that I didn't want to live anymore. Because I thought that it was all nonsense. That that no matter how many awards were given, no matter how many thank yous and accolades, there was still a voice in my head that told me that I was a piece of crap. It was still this thing inside of me that said I wasn't good enough. It was something that kept on going round and round and round that said I wasn't worthy of the appreciation and I wasn't worthy to live. And from that moment, it started a downward spiral, a downward spiral of a of failure after failure in an attempt to re, rebuild, if you will, as my world came crashing down around me because of this thing called depression. There was literally days I couldn't get out of bed. It was literally days I couldn't leave my house. There was days that I would go park in a, in a parking lot and just sit there and do nothing all day, just staring out the windshield because I just didn't know what to do. I didn't know how to get this thing, this fog that was over me to go away. And I didn't realize it was depression initially. Um, I thought it was burnout. I thought I was just tired. I thought I needed to try new things. So I started a professional development soccer team and brought kids from all over the world. And we were ranked 17th in the country and it failed dismally because it wasn't what I was supposed to be doing. I started a restaurant and it failed miserably because it wasn't what I was supposed to be doing. The root cause of all of it was I had a mental health issue and I was unwilling to talk to people about it. Through the help and assistance and love of many, many people, I pulled out of that and it took all the steps necessary to get my feet underneath me. And when I did, and I learned what you just said a moment ago to the viewers and listeners, which is middle-aged men are 70% more likely to take their own life. 
which I wanted to take my own life every day. He said, you know what? We got to do something about this. What were, what I was, did. you mentioned earlier that you said you took the necessary steps to, you know, improve your life, uh, you know, conquer depression and anxiety and mental health. So can you, can you, do you mind elaborating on how you took sure, the course. necessary uh, steps? Well, and, and, it's, and it's funny because the world record attempt was a part of it. Mm-hmm. So I knew there was something wrong with me because that wasn't the first time that I had crashed and burned. I had had great success and crashed and burned before. Great success, crashed and burned before. And it was some of the same patterns. So I said, you know what, man, if I'm going to beat this thing, I need to learn everything about what's wrong with me. There's something not wired right in me. And whether it was abandonment issues or whether it was abuse as a child or all kinds of stuff that a lot of people go through, not just me. These were all contributing factors to the depression that I was experiencing in the middle age. So the first thing I had to do was go study my ass off and call all of the top experts, literally called people and said, I want to talk to you about this. Why is my brain do this? Why did these things happen? Then the second thing I had to do was I had to take control of my mind. So I began every morning at 4.30 in the morning, setting my mind right every day. I'm not a piece of shit. I'm a quality human being. I'm not a piece of crap. I'm a rare and unique creature with incredible talent and ability. True. That is true. So I set my mind every day before I turned on the news, before I looked at my uh, phone, before I did anything, I set my mind every day. Now, some people call that meditation. Some people call that prayer. I don't care what you call it. Set your mind every day. Then the next thing I knew I had to do is I had to get my ass in shape. Middle-aged men struggle because their testosterone goes in the tank. Mm Mm-hmm. They bend yeah. over to tie, they bend over to tie their shoe and they have to hold their breath, right? You know, they're out of shape. And so those two things combined, there's nothing for them to pull on when they want to give a little bit more, right? Mm-hmm. So I knew I had to get in shape. It would build my self-esteem, it would increase the endorphins, the chemicals that flow that make us feel good. All those positive things would ha- help me if I got in shape. So it's time to get back in shape. Then I had to look at what I was eating. What was I eating? You know that processed foods, gluten, things of this nature actually contribute to the depression? Yes. Yep. It's crazy, right? It's insane. So those three things, one, set my mind right every day, rework the patterns of thinking that I had in my brain, literally rewire my brain. There's tons of books, tons of YouTube videos. Your listeners and viewers can check it out. Dr. Connor Hogan is the guy that helped me uh, and is still helping me. Amazing. One of the top in the whole wide world, Dr. Connor Hogan. And so I knew I had to get my mind right. Then I had to get in the gym. Then I had to start eating right. Those three things started to lift me, but I knew that it wasn't enough, Kenny. I knew that I needed something else. So I thought back in my early life, what was the thing that saved me? I was a punk kid. What was the thing that saved me? Sports. Sports saved me. Mm-hmm. Coaches and, and athletics and football and track and basketball, soccer saved me. So then I said to myself, you know what? Maybe sports could save me again. I'd broken a world record five, six years ago. I gave the world's longest speech. That's why I talk so much. Um, I gave <laughs> the world's longest speech, right? And then I started thinking, wait a minute. What if I was the oldest man to play college football? 
That is, that to be honest, worse. that's actually a very daunting task. I mean, uh, oh, yeah, it's no joke, bro. It's no, it's no joke. No joke. Yeah, I mean, it's no you, joke. Man. You know, at, the, at first you're like, ha ha ha, oldest man to play college football, until you start to realize what you're going to have to do to go play college football. So mm-hmm. I knew it would force me to push myself beyond what I was capable. Yeah, I knew it would force me to train in a certain way. I knew it would force me to do certain things once I set this goal. Mm-hmm. So frankly, originally, the reason for trying to be the oldest man to play college football was to save my own life. Because it would create the framework necessary for de- to develop the habits that were going to get me back on the right track. Yeah. Once we started to pick up momentum, Kenny, I called the number one long snapping coach in the United States. His name is Chris Rubio. He literally has put a thousand players either into NCAA division one programs or in the NFL. He's got 13 wow, long snappers really? in the NFL. Yeah. Wow. 13 long snappers in the NFL right now are Chris Rubio's guys. Wow. So I emailed him at 11 o'clock at night. I'm trying to be the oldest man to play college football. And he responded right away. Like basically what are you doing? Let's get on the phone and talk. So we got on the phone and talked, and from the jump, Kenny, he says this, I'm in. I got you. I will train you to be the oldest Division I long snapper, Division I college football player. And since that time, he works with me. You know, He lives in Lewiston, Idaho, so sometimes I go up there and see him, and in between, we do tell it. But I probably talk to him every day or every other day, and he has been invaluable in this process. So between Dr. Hogan, best in the world at what he does, Chris Rubio, best in the world at what he does, and a gentleman named Kirk Sanderson who does NFL combine training, performance training. Ooh. He's come on board as my performance, my physical coach. And I'm just blessed with the three best guys in the world at what they do. And so why, where did it begin and why was to save my own life. But then I realized it might be an inspiration to others and let's let others know what we're doing and let's have them join us. I need training partners, right? Now, Mm -hmm. it doesn't mean they come and train with me, but they just tell me what their goal is and how they're pursuing it. And and so we built this momentum around the country and and it's going really well. What do you hope to gain out of all this? uh, this? It's pretty simple. A thousand men. A thousand men. What do you mean by that? Depression. So depression tried to take me out. It tried to get me to drive my truck off the freeway. You know how many times I was driving down, we have a road in Nevada called 395. How many times I was driving down 395 and I thought that if I just jerked the wheel of my vehicle, I'd fly off the side and everyone would think it was an accident. I would say a day or two didn't go by that I didn't knowingly think about doing that. Well, depression tried to take me out. And so I'm going to cross depression a thousand men. We're going to inspire, impact, educate, and equip and help be a conduit for men to get resources of a thousand men. Depression picked the wrong guy to have beautiful, beautiful mission. Well, and I would hope, I would hope that it's not a mission about me. This is just all of us rising up and saying, hey. 3,287 guys are going to, or people are going to try to commit suicide today. 3,287 in the United States of America. Life is so effed up for them that they want to take their own life. Now that's, that's an indictment on me and you, 
our society. We're letting our society be that bad. No more of that, man. No more. And so the first step is connecting with them. So why football? Because most middle-aged men watch college football. Mm-hmm. So true. It's actually the perfect nice, platform. Right. So we figured that was a way to engage them. And then they're going to say, what's this crazy old man doing? That's nuts. And then hopefully we'll grab their attention and then we can introduce them to various programs and platforms and resources that could help them. And just like, like you, Kenny, being willing to have this conversation on your show is a step towards it, right? Yes. We all have our own mental health journey, man. Mm -hmm. And it's okay to not be okay. It's okay to talk about it. It's not okay to stay there. Let's get out of that. Let's rally. But it is okay to say, I'm effed up, man. And then it's okay to talk to your friends, your family, a professional, or whatever it may be, and start to navigate your way out. Yeah, because like I said before in this interview, I feel like there's a stigma towards mental health, especially in men. Yeah. But it's like you said, it's okay to not be okay. And it's okay to, you know, seek out help. Seek out a psychiatrist. Seek out, you know, your friends and family to tell them, hey, everything's not okay. And there's been plenty of times where I feel, you know, those who don't know, I suffer from depression and anxiety. And it just feels like sometimes, you know, there, there are people around you that, you know, are willing to help you, help you guide towards you towards a better path and a better life. But unfortunately, in this society, it feels like uh, some people don't have that. They don't have that support system. And to me, like, the reason why I wanted you to have it on the show is because you were, like, the only one right now is spreading awareness towards this cause. And that's something, like, a lot of people need to hear. And it goes into my next question. My next question is... To those that are listening out there, what message do we have for them that is suffering from depression uh, or suicidal thoughts? Well, first of all, if you're considering suicide, then I encourage you to immediately get help, professional help. And you can go to our webpage, um, seasontosavealife.org, seasontosavealife.org, and you can click the resource button. It'll take you to our partner, Heads Up Guys. And they have a directory of, of telemedicine or tele-support and other uh, contact information. So you can get a phone call. You can get, you can literally meet with somebody. So if you're considering harming yourself, then I ask you, beg you, go and click that resource button on seasontosavealife.org. If you're just depressed and you're in a rut and you can't seem to get out, you can also go to that where there's tools and resources to support you. Here's my message to you. You have value and you have worth. Every set, every rep, every sprint, every snap, I literally do for you. There was nobody there for me. Nobody, everybody had ran. Nobody wanted to be around the guy that was floundering and failing, and crashed and burned. So to some degree, I understand. I can't totally understand your specific situation, but maybe I can relate. 
you're worth something. Our world is better with you in it. You have something to offer, although it may not feel like it, although you may not think it, although your current circumstances may not indicate it. I'm telling you, you have worth and value. And Kenny, this is going to sound a little nuts, but I mean it. If you need someone to talk to, here's a phone number, 775-298-1014, 775-298-1014. That's my phone number. That goes directly to, to my phone. I'm not an expert. I'm not a counselor. I'm not a psychiatrist or a psychologist, but I'll talk to you. I'll talk to you. And I know who they are. And I could help you point to somebody. Kenny, we can't let guys just flounder. Can you imagine walking by a swimming pool and there was a dude drowning? We were like, oh, the Ranger game is on. Uh, what's the Ranger game? We would never do that. We would freaking do whatever. If we had to throw uh, uh, anything, a broom in there and try to get them to grab the broom, we'd jump in the pool ourselves. We would not let somebody just drown. 3,287 people are saying they're drowning every day by trying to kill themselves. So if you're a person that's struggling, 775-298-1014, I'll talk to you. I may not be able to give you answers because I'm not a freaking expert, dude. But I do know experts and we'll get you to an expert. So that's what I would say, Kenny, to those that might be struggling today. Wow, that was that was really, really powerful. And that's all the questions I have for today. And I want to thank you for that message. That was, wow, that was so, so powerful. And man, you got me emotional, actually, <laughs> you know? But that's all the questions I have for today. Um, I, wanna, I really want to thank you for being on the show. And yeah, that's uh, that's uh, that's all the questions. Can I, I just have. say, can I say one thing, Kenny? Mm -hmm. I just want to thank you for one having me on the show, and then two, I want to thank you for something you said a moment ago. You said I struggle with depression and other issues, and you, guy who has his own show, standing up and saying, "Hey, even me, even me." I think that uh, people should applaud your bravery for making that statement. And I just want you to know this, Kenny, I got you. If you ever want to talk, you ever want to hang out, you, you know my email now, you know my number, um, and I'll be, I'll be happy to chat with you because you're a good guy. Thank you, man. I really do appreciate it. All right. So, so that's all the questions I have for today. I really want to thank Ian Hill for the time. You'll find this episode on KenDesportsGod.com, Ken with two wins. And my YouTube channel, Ken the Sports God, Ken the Sports Guys Podcast, Spotify, Amazon Music, Google Podcasts, and Apple Podcasts. In addition, head on over to my social media pages on Twitter at Kenny underscore sports, Instagram at Kenny Sports Guy One, and TikTok at Kenny Sports Podcast. Until the next episode, see ya, and I hope you stay safe and healthy. the Sports Guy Podcast.